Okay, today, Mina, I would like to talk about trust distributions, kind of everything you need to know about uh, running a, a family trust uh, and how you decide to distribute any taxable income or capital gains that that family trust uh, might generate uh, during the year. Yeah, so the first thing you've got to do when it comes to trust, it's important that you're actually across your trust deed. And, you know, if you can't sleep one night, they're a great, <laughs> great, great read to get, push you to bed. But I, uh, Highly recommend <laughs> Exactly. Um, but um, in every trust deed, there's basically, uh, it's your governing rules, essentially, as to what you've got to do each year, whether you can categorize income into certain components or, or um, for example, you can have franked income or standard income or, or capital income. So, and then it tells you how you can actually distribute those funds. So some, some deeds would allow you to sort of uh, stream uh, certain types of income, such as, you know, your capital gains to a beneficiary, and other deeds would, would not allow or provide that sort of flexibility. So it's important that you're actually across these uh, kind of things, or I should say your accountant is, is across mm. um, th- these things, so they can actually formulate a strategy as to, how how you should distribute um, your your funds, um, whether it to be yourself or different family members or to a, a different entity altogether. So you need to really have a, an, a, a proper um, distribution strategy that you can implement uh, effectively. Now the problem is that the ATO requires trusts to document how they're going to distribute the profit. Um, or taxable income, capital gains, whatever it is, the the tax nature, tax results of that particular financial year, before the end of the financial year in what's called a a trustee minute. And it's really just a a document uh, that records what the trustee's decision was with respect to those distributions. The problem, though, practically, is that that's quite quite difficult to do because, you know, the trust might be receiving dividends or other distributions from other trading entities, um, and it might be difficult to really ascertain overall taxation position of your family group um, at that particular time. So, so it might be actually hard to really work out how you want to distribute um, before the end of the financial year. Uh, and of course, you know, Mina, I, I think probably the ATO instigated that rule to discourage people from tax planning. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, of course, but it's one thing to take into account or, or at least be aware of that that is a legal requirement to have a distribution minute that is uh, completed and signed before the end of the financial year. Um, in one way, maybe it's a, if we want to look at the silver lining uh, in one way, maybe what it does is encourage people to engage in that tax planning process as an ongoing process, as opposed to something that you might do every one or two years. And you really need to, I, I believe we spoke about it in a previous podcast with um, considerations as to how you're actually going to distribute the actual funds. You know, each year uh, a trust can't retain any of its profits, otherwise you'll be paying uh, an extremely exorbitant amount of tax. So it needs to distribute the, the um, its funds to different different beneficiaries, which you need to stipulate in that trustee minute that Stuart just mentioned. However, previously or historically, I should say, there used to be um, less uh, more flexibility around these distributions in that it could just generally be a paper distribution, no physical cash needed to be actually um, sent to the beneficiary. However, with recent guidance from the ATO, they've come out and basically said that, you know, that there needs to be a physical cash distribution. So you really need to be careful as to who you're selecting as your beneficiary 
who who you can actually trust with those funds and what the strategy with those funds are. Yeah, correct. So um, I think that's a that's a really important consideration because on paper we might sit down and go, oh, look, if we distribute to these people or this entity or whatever, that works out to equal the lowest tax rate. But from a practical perspective, uh, people might not be comfortable doing that, having those conversations with those parties uh, and so forth. So it really is, from a practical sense, an important consideration. And of course, if we're going to distribute money to a what's called a corporate beneficiary, so a company, often a non-trading company, often people are attracted to doing that because then the the profit is taxed at the company rate, which is either 25 or 30%, depending on its classification. Uh, and that's, uh, of course, that tax rate can be attractive, particularly if you've got a lot of profit to distribute. Um, but again, that physical cash has to transfer. And if it doesn't, then you've got a a Div 7A loan as a result. The point of me uh, saying that is really about the financial planning aspects of that. So if we are going to put the physical money into the company, what are we going to do with it? We just want to leave it in the bank account. Um, we, we want to do something smart with it, as in invest it. Uh, if we're not going to put the physical cash in the, um, in the company and we uh, set up a Div 7A loan, that's fine too, but then where does the money go and, and what, how are we going to use it? So we're reducing non-deductible debt, you know, a home loan, or, you know, again, there's those financial planning considerations. So there's a lot to consider when running your own family trust, particularly around having a distribution strategy. And uh, I guess what Mina and I would like to uh, invite you to consider is uh, looking at tax planning as an ongoing conversation rather than just an, an annual or, uh, you know, a, a meeting every couple of years or scrambling around after the financial year to get these sort of compliance matters sort of ticked off. If we can be at the front end of it, uh, we can really consider all the options and, and most importantly, or equally importantly, help you reduce your compliance risk. You know, you don't want to invite the ATO into your life. Uh, you don't want to wave any red flags. You know, if you can stay under the radar, uh, make sure everything's done correctly. Uh, that's going uh, to be really the best way to live, I think. Okay, that's it for this week. Until next week, bye for now.